Today I wanted to share with you a special Christmas message of hope. Um, hope as we commonly know it, understand it and experience it is very much the dictionary definition. Hope is an optimistic state of mind that is based on an expectation of positive outcomes. Some people might call it positive mental attitude. Uh, but today I want us to understand the difference between worldly hope and eternal hope, temporary hope and permanent hope. What is the hope that we find in Jesus and what is the hope we find in the world? Do we confuse these two experiences of hope? If we do, what is at stake when we confuse that which is eternal and that which is temporary? So today what we're going to look at is a message It's called Hope For and Hope In. And we're going to look at John 1 verse 14 to 18. Uh, and when we look at this, what we want to find out is, is what, what does John have hope for? What does he have hope in uh, when we read it? So let, let's read John 1, 14 to 18. It says this, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the father has made him known. I believe we have, uh, and maybe you, you might agree, we have lived a year that has seen many hopes raised and many hopes dashed. We've certainly experienced much doubt. We've certainly uh, had our hopes hit or taken a hit. And in many cases, probably had reason to lose hope as well. You may have had hope to see family and friends at Christmas. You may have had hope of having a holiday in the summer. Worse still, if you have a job, you may be hoping that you wouldn't be made redundant. If you lost a job, you may have hoped to get a new one. You may have hoped that you would be able to afford to keep a roof over your head uh, and food on the table. Many of us would have certainly hoped for a vaccine against coronavirus. Uh, these are most certainly important things to, ha to hope for. But I want to explain how hopes that we have in our day-to-day -day lives can be seen in a different light when we have eternal hope in Jesus. And even as I say eternal hope in Jesus, many will cringe at what has probably become a cheesy Christian thing to say. But, but I don't believe in the word of God for the purposes of changing my emotions or using it like a dummy that soothes a baby. But instead, I believe the Bible can change how we view and live our own experience of life beyond the day to day victories and failures. When we look at the verses in John, what we find is an expectant man of God waiting for God incarnate in Jesus Christ. John is probably the closest, uh, closest to Jesus in terms of a man uh, that was the most holy and most obedient, but still was not uh, perfect, sinless as Jesus. Even so, John himself had to deny that he was the Messiah when he was asked. We see this in John 1, 24 to 27. Uh, it says this, now the Pharisees who had been sent questions him, 
Why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. For uh, he is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. What we find is that John, although questioned and ultimately imprisoned by the authorities, would not be swayed from the eternal hope he had for the one coming after him, but who also came before him. When I, when I look around the world today, I see that what is most commonly happening uh, is that we go from hope to hope, expectation to expectation. Have you ever stopped to ask yourself, why is it that even when our hopes are manifest or become reality, we always look to the next hope? Have you ever wondered why we have an almost insatiable desire to find the next thing to have hope for that will cure all our problems? Whilst having hope for good things to happen is not in itself wrong, we can end up in an endless cycle of ups and downs. Emotional highs met with emotional lows if we put our hope in things. John had hope for people to be baptised and believe in the one to come in Jesus. But ultimately he had hope in Jesus. And without that, his purpose as the baptiser would have been redundant. He, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't form part of a bigger picture, which was that people were to come and to give their lives to Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 19 says, If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are all, of all people most to be pitied. You see, around this time of year, we, we do open ourselves to a greater hope uh, when we hear the story of God coming into, world, into the world. But often we can inadvertently make this hope the same as other hopes and only really about now. When Christmas passes, it's possible that we can fall into a sense of hopelessness and then look for the next reason to hope. The reason for that is that we put our hope in the now, in a season, in an event, in a milestone. And when that passes, our insatiable desire to find hope in things goes off searching again for that addictive high. That is the pity that Corinthians speaks of, the pity that we could put so much hope in things that are temporary and so little hope in the eternal life, eternal hope promised in Christ Jesus. As beings, uh, we can be high risk, high reward people, and those rewards are only ever temporary. But living that way inevitably means that when the risk does not pay off and the reward is not forthcoming, the low is almost uh, most certainly the lowest. Putting our hope in Jesus means that the things we have hope for do not control us or drive us anymore. Even when we consider uh, that to believe in Jesus and proclaim his name, as the Bible shows, can risk your life at the risk of death, but that it is where but that is where it is different to any so-called high-risk, high-reward strategy. Acts 20 verse 24 says, However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. You see, what we find in the Bible are people that, after getting a glimpse of the eternity of God, change their mindset and view on their whole life from one of just living for this life on earth 
to one that acknowledges that not only for now, but beyond this life, we can have a cast iron assurance in Jesus Christ. Ecclesiastes 1 verse 14 says, I've seen all things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. But far from just ruling life meaningless, actually the main premise of Ecclesiastes is to show that without God, to put hope in things in this world will ultimately be pointless. He isn't making a case that life is worthless, but to say that life can only be meaningful with God at the centre of it. So to have hope in God now gives both meaning and hope to life now and for eternity. When we can break our thinking out of the hamster wheel of continually placing our hope in the next thing and have confidence in only things of this world, we can be released into a freedom that Christ offers us through his sacrifice on the cross. When we can break that thinking, that monotony of going from worldly hope to worldly hope and instead embrace the eternal cast iron uh, hope in Jesus, we can be set free. Romans 8 verse 24 to 25 says, For in, in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. What we hope in determines what we hope for. If I have hope in the salvation of Christ Jesus, I no longer see the purpose in placing my whole hope in things that are in this world. Instead, I have understood and trust that I am saved when I place my faith in Jesus. And so my mindset changes. My life is lived to have hope in things that are yet to come. Because that is assured and promised when I place my faith in Jesus, I can wait patiently and in the meantime direct my life and my intentions to serve him out of the gratitude for that amazing gift of hope. Whilst we're all still rocked and affected with things we hope for in this world do not go as we would want. We are not defeated because we ultimately trust and hope in God who can do all things and has done all things. What can we say about worldly hope? Well we can say that it it is seemingly unpredictable. It tosses us in its waves and tempts us to fully trust in it when the seas calm and the sun comes through. But the next storm can dash those worldly hopes again and again. Instead, whilst we still experience these stormy and calm times, placing hope in Jesus gives us strength to lift our eyes to him in the midst of these ever unpredictable times. Mark 4 verse 35 to 41 says that day when evening came he said to his disciples let us go over to the other side leaving the crowd behind they took him along just as he was in the boat there were also other boats with him a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion the disciples woke him and said to him teacher don't you care if we drown he got up rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. 
in this life and the next, God has authority over all things. But today can be a time in which we can understand that we are no longer, we no longer have to be determined by the fractured world, the mood of the time or the inconsistent hope of the world. Hebrews 6 verse 17 to 20 says, because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. Where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf, he has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Jesus is the calm of the storm, the hope that is the anchor for our soul and the hope that will endure beyond all other. As we come to an end of one of the most turbulent years we've seen and experienced surely more than ever before, the birth of Jesus Christ must mean more to us now than it ever has. The birth of Jesus means the end to hopelessness and the beginning of an assurance of hopefulness. We can make that choice this Christmas and choose Christ over the world, forgiveness over sin and choose life over death.